Okay, so hey everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, today I am really excited to welcome back for a third time Mr. Radu Antoniu, uh, straight from uh, Romania, uh, I guess. So first of all, welcome Radu, uh, thank great you. to talk to you. Thanks, Albert. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. So, um, first of all, um, you know, it's, it's really, I'm really glad to talk to you, honestly, because, um, first of all, I'm just curious what's been going on with you. Uh, I always found your journey to be a really fascinating one. Uh, today I was out for a coffee actually with someone and, uh, she doesn't have any idea that, uh, about the fitness world or my podcast or anything. And I was just saying that I'm going to talk to a guy today who I think is actually a really great role model for people in many different ways because uh, I've kind of been there from the beginning of your journey and um, I've been following your YouTube channel when you didn't have that many subscribers. And um, at that time, you were this skinny kid and <laughs> over the years, you built up a really impressive physique, which I think is a really appealing goal for anybody who is getting into training. And uh, when I started following you, you didn't have a business yet. You just had this YouTube channel. Now, over over time, you built up a successful business for yourself. And when I started following you, your videos were okay, but it was in the beginning, it was kind of a bit unorganized. They weren't super high quality videos. And over time, your videos could be example for anybody who is getting into YouTubing and producing high quality content. So I think you're an awesome role model in terms of self-improvement and just becoming better in all domains of life. So that's just some compliment for you, <laughs> but <laughs> thank you. But, yeah, but but it but it's also like uh, for anybody who doesn't know you, uh, if they know that about you, uh, that should spark some interest for anybody to dig into your work because it's really worth following uh, what you were doing. So with that, my first question, uh, which I don't know the answer to, so I'm really curious, like what's been going on with you? Like the last time I've been following your stuff. Um, you were this uh, really prolific YouTuber. You were really frequent on YouTube. And then you sort of uh, disappeared. So what, what's been going on with you for the past like year plus? Right. Um, it's been an uh, interesting transition for me. Because the reason I started uh, posting videos on YouTube and the reason I wanted to create a fitness business in the first place was so that I could achieve a financial goal. That I set a financial goal in 2014, I think, and uh, I just wanted to earn a certain amount of money per month. And this is why I wanted to do something online because I saw that it's possible and I thought that I had the skills to sell the courses online, to do coaching, and uh, I thought I had the, the skills to create good content. And it worked. It worked and I achieved, I achieved my uh, financial goal in 2016. But something changed at that point because then I realized that uh, I was left without a goal, so I needed to I needed to set another one. And I tried setting a higher financial goal. I guess this is what most people do when they have a business and they achieve a business goal. They just set a higher business goal, so they pursue that. And uh, that's what I did. But it didn't really work. It it wasn't as motivating as the as the first time. Possibly because I was getting more educated and uh, I was becoming more aware and I realized that there are other worthwhile goals to pursue in life other than money. But I ignored that at first. I ignored my impulse to do something else because uh, money is a very appealing way to track progress in life because it's very countable. You can check your earnings every month and if they're going up, you know that 
you're basically growing as a person, your business is growing, you're improving your skills. So it's great. But if you, if earning more and more money no longer feels right, then that's hard to do. And uh, sometime around uh, the, the end of 2016, I remember that I was, I was on YouTube or someone told, uh, sent me an email with a, with a, with a YouTube video that uh, talked about starting with why. Uh, realizing that what you're doing should should always be subordinated to your why, to the reason you do all these things, especially if you have a business. And uh, I started to think what my what the why of my business is, and I realized that the why of my business was to basically uh, get Radu a certain amount of money every month, basically achieve Radu's financial goal. And that was that was really bad because if I wanted to grow my my company, if I wanted to have employees, then I needed a mission for them. I needed to be able to, you know, walk to people that work for the company and say, hey, this is the mission. This is why we're working. This is what we need to achieve. But all I had was, hey, we need to reach this milestone in uh, revenues because I want to, you know, that's just my goal. And uh, I realized that that wasn't right. So immediately in like a few days i felt the need to change what i did and uh that was really confusing for my youtube audience because suddenly i started posting videos about something else i did my um my second course with my brother the one on uh, developing discipline which was weird in a way because um i i didn't really post a lot of psychology related videos on my channel i posted a few and those were very popular so i thought that people would be interested but it still felt felt kind of weird and then later i i deviated even even more from the fitness path because i was trying to change the 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 why i wanted to, to discover why i do what i do and uh i wanted to have a goal that is bigger than myself that is not just arbitrary because I set a goal because I, you know, I, I need the goal, so I just set a financial goal. I needed something that had more meaning in a way. And uh, I thought about this a lot and I really, I still don't know yet what drives me, but the best I could come up with at the moment is that I believe that we should be the best we know how to be. If we become aware of something that if we, if we become aware that something that we do is wrong and there is a better way, I think that we have a sort of a responsibility to change our behavior and have worse consequences on others or on the environment, on, you know, on our health and all that stuff. And um, right now, I think what really drives me is um, I want to basically reduce suffering in the world. I, I guess that's the the best way I can I can sum it up, and uh, I want to help people make the right decisions for themselves and for our society in general. And uh, basically, all I do is is subordinated to that goal. And the way I do that right now is through, through YouTube videos. And right now, I'm working on a big documentary on climate change because this was the the first topic that I wanted to to address. And uh, the reason I disappeared from from YouTube is because it's taking way longer than I thought. I thought I would have it done in a few months, but uh, it's been more than a year now, a year and two months, I think. And uh, I'm only about halfway through the project and I haven't been slacking off. It's just 
really big. It's I already have about three hours of video edited, done, and I think it's going to be another three or four, maybe more. Right. Uh, awesome. So, well, very interesting. Um, so let's go in order a little bit. So let, let's start with uh, that moment when you felt like you your why for doing what you're doing was a little bit um, questionable or you weren't that satisfied with that. So was it, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've had some kind of conversations with yourself around that time. And, um, you know, on the one hand, yeah, sure, it's a financial goal that you were pursuing at the time. But at the same time, you were helping people, you know, developing their bodies. Um, also, you had some videos on, on personal development. So was that not appealing to you to become this massive YouTuber? Because, I mean, at the time, your following on YouTube went pretty much like it was up by 10,000 every week or something. Like it, it went from, you know, like low 10,000s up to like 100,000 really quickly. So I guess had you continued on that same path by now, you you could have close to a million subscribers. And um, was that not appealing to you at all to become this massive fitness personality who, you know, changes a lot of people's lives in the realms of fitness and dabbling into personal development here and there? Not really because... Fitness wasn't really the thing that defined me the most. It's just the thing that I shared online because I needed to be narrow. I needed to have a niche. Because if you present everything about yourself online, it's hard to create a personal brand. It's hard to create a brand in the first place that people follow. You know, you, you need to be, people need to know what they're following you for. And I realized that I was becoming basically, people identified me with fitness, but I realized that I was not the classic fitness youtuber in a way i don't like going to events i i don't obs- i don't obsess about working out i don't you know i don't talk about this stuff when i'm when i'm home uh my friend if you ask my friends to define me none of them will say that rado is the fitness guy my family don't doesn't view me as you know uh really into fitness and uh basically it's just that i've shared that online but I realized that um, I was I was putting more and more time into something that I didn't really want to be remembered for. I didn't want fitness to be my my main thing, my main thing forever, and that was the case ever since I started. Since the beginning, I knew that fitness was something um, uh, short term because honestly, I think if I'm good at presenting information, if I have the ability to present content in a way that changes people's minds. I think, yes, getting people healthy is great, but getting people really muscular is a way less um, needed goal uh, for our society than something else. And I think, honestly, I think after, after you will see this project that I'm working on, I think it will make sense that it's probably better for me to focus on other subjects and use my educating skills or video making skills to to share information that can really help people become more aware and make better decisions and be more responsible, more aware and just elevate the 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 level of morality and responsibility that uh, we have in our society. Yeah. Um Speaking just for a second about video making, um, yesterday I was speaking with Mario Tomic, who I know you know. Um, 
and and it's interesting we were talking about the the craft of video making and I'm not myself I'm not really a video maker per se um for me video is just a medium but I'm not really my videos are not really artistic in any way um but Mario was kind of into the same uh, daily video uh kind of vlogging sort of thing that you were into but I mean your videos in terms of uh, quality editing uh, special effects and all that kind of stuff they they were at a whole different level um just out of curiosity like wh- how was how much work went into making those videos because there was a time when you were pumping out one of those every single day and every single one of those videos would have been quite a process for most people like it would have taken a week at least to get something like that done and you did that daily so just uh, how, how much work went into making one of those happen back in the day well, if you're talking about those daily videos, then it only took about, you know, 10 hours, probably 10 to 15 hours in total. But those weren't really that hard to make because um, those were mostly vlogs. They were just, I was just filming myself in different locations. They weren't really that special. But later on, I uh, started um, creating more elaborate videos. I hired a, videogra- uh, a videographer to follow me around and uh, I would make a script of scenes that I wanted to film and uh, then I would I, I started using stock footage I started using uh, special effects and uh, animations and all, all, all that stuff and those videos that I did uh, maybe in 2016 took about four days to make four or five days to make uh, but in hours you know probably uh, let's say about 40 hours probably for a for a video but now I I took it even further um, and uh, I started paying attention to other stuff like, you know, color schemes and uh, the way the the story is told in the video and making sure that the information is accurate and presenting the information in graphs or um, with animations or illustrations on the screen to uh, better explain the point. And they're, they're taking even longer to, to put it in perspective. Today, I worked for about five hours to create about 30 seconds of uh, animation to explain how the, the hydrogen economy would work. Basically, what, how, how, how it would be if we stored the electricity in the form of hydrogen. And I, I, I'm not doing this because I'm obsessed with qualities, because it's, uh, you don't find this, if I, if I found stock footage or photos of the of this stuff online that I could use in my video I would I would do that but there isn't anything so I have to create uh, that stuff from scratch so that the person that is absolutely uh, unfamiliar with this topic can watch those 30 seconds of video and uh, those animations that I made and uh, it would make sense and basically I'm doing it to to explain the the topic well I want that I want people that watch my videos to to understand not just be uh entertained and uh this is why it's it's taking a lot of time right um okay so so let's let's talk about your recent uh life sort of so uh now you got into this whole environmental climate change and and those sorts of things is this something that you had to learn about from scratch or was this something that always interested you so you kind of had a a head start and uh, you just had to kind of refine your knowledge over time or like how did this even begin for you um i had to learn everything from scratch but i thought that i didn't have to because i thought that i knew <laughs> a lot about this 
I realized that the average person um, is not aware of how ignorant they are in different things. And uh, I thought, you know, I understood what it would take to transition to sustainable energy. I mean, I watched, you know, a few videos online. I heard about this since I was a kid, you know, just put some solar panels and put some wind turbines and, you know, we're done with it. And because of that, I thought that it's not going to take a lot of time because, hey, uh, I'm just going to um, ask my audience. Basically, I wanted to make a video where I would try to persuade my audience to uh, use to, to pollute less, you know, to produce less carbon dioxide because this is a problem. And I really thought that it was just a matter of telling people, hey, you know, drive a bit less, you know, buy an electric car or an electric furnace, um, you know, eat less meat, uh, recycle a little, and it's fine. I thought that uh, <laughs> I would have the video done in, you know, 30, 30 minutes of video and, you know, just uh, it's going to be really easy. But as I got into this, I realized that, oh my God, this is the the biggest, most, most, um, uh, and one of the most relevant topics for everybody in the world. It connects to everything, to the way we live, to politics, to ideology, to people's goals, to uh, what we, to our motivations for the future, uh, even fitness, even health, everything. It's, it's, it, energy is the, the, <laughs> The, the universal currency, uh, said an author. Basically, it's the basis of, of, of everything we do. Because it's literally food, electricity, uh, the things around us. Uh, everything is, is energy. And I had to learn all this stuff from scratch because uh, I just realized how ignorant I was of, of these things. And uh, as I read, I got into... I, I learned about, uh, you know, a different branch of the subject that was really important. For example, how we make steel, because steel is like, if you look around you, everything around you is either made of steel or was made with tools made of steel. But we have no idea how steel is made, where it comes from, you know, just one example. So I had to learn that. And then uh, fertilizer, uh, you know, half of the global population would be dead if we didn't have synthetic fertilizer. But we have no idea. We don't even see it. Most people, if you ask them uh, if they think fertilizer is important, they'll say, oh, yes, but, you know, not as important as the Internet, for example. And uh, it's actually the thing that keeps alive, you know, half the global population. And uh, I had to learn that. And then, you know, uh, as I got into studying renewables, I realized that it's not just as easy as putting some solar panels and wind turbines in place. It's way more complicated than that. And... Uh, Basically, I had to learn all this stuff from, from scratch, but um, I didn't know I had to until I started. Right. So, um, so how does like you, how do your days look like these days? So, or actually, like I'm interested. So, there's a lot of stuff to do. Like, how does, um, what was your initial plan? Like, um, did you have like a basic concept? Actually, this is the wrong question to ask. Maybe let's let's start there. Like, how how is a typical day looking like in your life now? Like, um, you wake up, and then you sit in front of your computer and you read about this topic half of the time, and the other half of the time you're planning out scripts and then you're recording them and then you're planning out um, how the video will be set up in terms of animations and uh, uh, special effects. Or how how does it even look like? It it looks like a a daunting task that will normally be the the task of an entire team. So how 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 do you manage all of this? Yeah, um, I I know I wake up pretty early around eight, 
And um, it depends, what I do each day depends on, um, on whether I have to write, or whether I have to do research, write, film, or edit. Uh, you know, these are basically the, the, the four things that I, that I have to do. But first of all, in the morning, I, I go to the gym, I go work out. I, I do that because I don't want to uh, miss workouts. I want to be consistent. And uh, then, so if I have to do research, I, I read as much as I can about a, a subject until I understand it. And I can synthesize it in a way that other people understand it as well. This could take any, anywhere from a few hours to a few days, basically. Some days I just, all I do is read different websites, different PDFs, some studies or books or whatever to understand the, uh, a, a, um, a specific uh, subject. And uh, then I write, maybe it takes a day to, to write um, a certain part of, of, of the video, for example, writing about dealing with intermittency of the solar panels and, and wind turbines. This is what I'm working on right now. And uh, these, these things usually take a day. So, you know, I, I wake up, I go to the gym, maybe one day I do research all day, and then in the evening I spend time with my girlfriend, maybe we watch something, uh, maybe we go out, something like that. And other days, after I come uh, back from the gym, I film and I record the, the stuff that I need to record. And other days, like today, I just edit. I already have the, the footage filmed, I already have the voiceover recorded, and I just put that everything into, into Premiere, and I, I start editing. And um, after I'm done with a certain part, for example, dealing with intermittency, then I, I restart the, the process. I do research, I write, I record, and then I edit. And how do you determine for your, like, this is kind of a, kind of a productivity-oriented uh, question, but, like, how do, you, how do you schedule all of that for yourself? Like, how do you determine what has to be next? Because, like, for one, the topic itself is really vast, like climate change, like, holy shit, like, where do I even start? So how do you break it down? Like, what are the most important things to cover? And then how do you schedule out your time? Like, how do you determine... Um, uh, what is the next most important thing to do? Because this is sort of the typical, like, just uh, an endless ocean of work, which could start anywhere and could end anywhere. Like, it, it's as vast as, as it is, it can be really vague. Um, so how do you create, a, like, an, a system for yourself within all of this that you can actually oversee? Yeah. In my mind, it's very clear because actually before even starting production, before even filming... I took the time to write the entire video. I wrote the video since I started in, in, in September uh, 2017 and I finished writing about 100 pages. So this is the, the script. Basically, it's like a book. Uh, I finished it in uh, December. And then in January, I started production. But then I realized that I missed out a few things. I made some mistakes and I had to uh, research and uh, re add a few things to the video. And this is what I've been doing um, uh, right now, I I skipped a few essential things and I had to add them back in. But for the most part, the the video is is already written. I just have to 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 produce it. And in my mind, it's very clear because I know the conclusion that I want people to get. But the conclusion is so hard to swallow that there's this whole bunch of other things, hours of videos that need to be covered beforehand so people actually accept that conclusion. And basically, it's a matter of filling in the blanks. 
I know how the video is going to end. I know what needs to be covered. I could, I could create basically a, a list of the, of the headlines, you could say, the, the titles of the different parts within the video. And uh, I just, now it's just a matter of finishing each part one by one. So uh, I fill in the blanks. I link the, the beginning, the introduction of, hey, this video is going to be this. To where I want people to, uh, to where I want, what I want, what I want to get people, and it's great because then I know how to structure all the information. I know how to synthesize it. I know where to add humor. And basically, it's about bridging bridging the gap between um, understanding the the core of the issue, which is something that you need a, a high level of awareness for, with someone that. Uh, starts this subject knowing absolutely nothing and it's about how do you how do you bridge that gap how do you get a person uh, that knows absolutely nothing about this this subject to understanding the the core issue and uh, so basically in my mind the the structure is already set and i just uh i just grind i just have to do the things that i know that uh, need to be done right so um very interesting um um, the just just to get back to your previous projects for a second. So your website, which was about fitness, think eat lift, uh, is that something that is still kind of running in the background and sort of the business is just running on automatic, or what's the state of that at the moment? Yes, everything is is uh, is live. The site is live. You know, you can watch the videos. Uh, people still sign up for my courses. Um, I still interact with people in my uh, in my Facebook group. Um, so the the business is still running. Of course, of course, it's running at a way way lower um, volume than before. Uh, it's you know, it's the business has gone down so much. But I, it's necessary if I want to take a year or more to to create one of these projects. The business and you know my popularity and my YouTube channel and everything, all, all these things need to take a hit, and I'm fine with that. Because uh, honestly, it's all about how you measure progress, I think. If you measure your success and progress in life through money or followers or views or anything like that, then it would appear like I'm failing. It would appear like everything is going downhill. And uh, if, I, if, if, I, if, I still, if I still measured my, my progress like that, then of course I would feel like uh, what I'm doing is, is stupid because I'm giving up all that opportunity to make sales to you know grow my youtube channel and do the type of content that you know people just want to see and they subscribe to but it's uh it's it's more than that for me right now it matters most uh, it matters more it matters more to feel like i am doing the right thing or i'm addressing the the biggest problems that I'm aware of at the moment and I'm, I do what I can and what I can is education. If this is, if this is my gift, if this is what I can do, then I feel like I have a sort of a responsibility to use these skills for something bigger than myself. Right. Um, so let's speak of this um, mindset for a second because uh, maybe a year ago you put out a video where 
you are kind of explaining yourself in a way why you moved away from fitness. And you, uh, if I recall correctly, that yeah, let's let's just touch on that for a second. That course that you put out on self discipline with your brother. If I recall correctly, you said that it didn't have a 100% positive reception. Like, uh, can you touch on that for a second? How did that go? Yeah, that was only on, on YouTube. I guess people were confused and they just thought that we made that course just to make money. Basically, you know, the classic YouTube sellout. You, <laughs> you, you create an audience and then you sell them whatever stuff you can and uh, you know, just to, to make money. And it's, it's actually pretty common for, um, for and, and I don't know why, but it's pretty common for fitness YouTubers to suddenly think that they're motivational speakers. It's like everybody that has a good physique and a few hundred thousand people on YouTube can you know, start holding personal development seminars. Like we, <laughs> like we have some sort of a uh, 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 right or title to do that. So I guess people took it like that. But uh, the people that actually enrolled in the course were really happy. Uh, the, the response has been really positive. Um, it's just that not a lot of people have uh, enrolled in the course compared to my fitness stuff. You know, it's like the, the, the ratio is uh, totally different. Is a, a lot more people follow me for the fitness stuff than, than for that. So I guess this is the reason why uh, on YouTube it didn't really um, have a good uh, response from from people but behind the scenes people that, that enroll in it and the people i interact with are uh, are really happy with it yeah um just just to comment actually on what you said i actually i i know exactly what you mean that people who achieve success in some domain all of a sudden think that they are motivational speakers i think to some extent you do have the license to be like that um simply because i think kind of succeeding in life is a little bit like succeeding on a diet in the sense that most people kind of know what to do. Like they know that they should spend less time wasting time on meaningless stuff and they should spend more time working. Like a lot of simple principles that people should adhere to. But most people just don't have the know-how to just follow through with all of that stuff. And they are just lazy and you know, their laziness is, is something that doesn't make them feel great. Like a lot of people actually suffer while they are lazy because they know that they should know better. And people like you, who from like a, an early age pretty much knew that they have to be disciplined and they kind of managed to create systems for themselves to do the right thing. I think that's a very valuable knowledge that, you know, like it's it's always worth sharing if you have the know-how for something like that. So I think you are actually entitled to be someone like that. So um, I actually disagree with the negative reception from, from that regard. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with what you say, uh, that if you achieve a, a result that is uh, above average or something that most people do, are not capable of achieving or they, they don't know how, then uh, of course you can uh, share your story and share your insights into uh, how you did that and uh, basically uh, helping help help elevate other people to the st to the level that you you've been able to achieve it's just that it's interesting that this happens mostly in uh, in fitness and not in other businesses it's pretty uncommon to hear you know popular musicians or people that have a a physical business maybe you know they sell building materials or construction materials or uh, they sell 
I don't know, scooters or something. They, it's, it's like those people, although they, they achieve success in a business, maybe way bigger success than someone in fitness. Uh, it's interesting that they, they don't feel as qualified or entitled to um, teach other people about life in a way. Yeah, although I think that is mainly because fitness is in itself kind of a sub niche of personal development. So right. it's yeah. So it's kind of fitness is by itself something that people do to get better largely for the sake of getting better because I mean if you're a guy at you know 18% body fat and reasonably active, you're basically as healthy as you're ever going to be. And then yeah. if you want to get down to 8% body fat, that's sort of just an undertaking for itself. Like it doesn't um, so yeah, and, and from there, kind of speaking about personal development in general is just like a, a slight uh, step in one direction or another. But um, yeah, so the reason why I brought up this uh, point when you were talking about this self-discipline course is because you put out a video where you were talking about how money and your ability to generate profit is a good metric for succeeding in life. And if you don't know where to start, just starts by asking the question of what could you do to make more money? Because yep. that by itself will gravitate you towards doing something that you're good at and you have an, maybe an above average talent at. And then that will kind of put you on the right path. So like you kind of uh, talked about this now a little bit, but how, like how did this mindset transform to something else for you? Huh, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think in the beginning where you have no idea what you're good at, you have no idea what you should pursue, you have no idea uh, what skills you need, you have no idea uh, who, who to follow, who to, who to get as a, as, as a role model. If you have no, if you basically, if you don't know yourself and you are not skilled in something, I think it's really helpful to just pursue a financial goal because that will push you to try different things. It will push you to develop your skills. It will push you to... Uh, try to meet people and experiment with different things. And it, it helps you a lot. Um, especially it, it, it helps you to get to know yourself. And um, for me, I basically in, in, in trying to achieve a certain amount of money, I got to the point where I knew myself better. And uh, crucially, I got the the, 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 the financial security I needed to try something else. Because I think in the, in the beginning, if you do not have financial security, you cannot really explore yourself. You cannot really explore your, your passions because you, all your attention is focused on taking care of your needs. But after you take care of your needs, then suddenly uh, you, have, you have way more free time and way more confidence that you can start um, spending more time on things that you're passionate about, but maybe they they don't necessarily bring you money, or focus on on certain activities that you feel are helpful to other people, but and that are needed in society, but are not really uh, a a good business move. And I think I got to that point. I couldn't have made this video that I'm working on right now uh, three years ago because I couldn't have possibly supported myself for an entire year or more, and you know, just to dedicate all my time to working on, on this project. And uh, so the transition is, I think it's really helpful in the beginning to uh, pursue a financial goal because that uh, forces you to grow. And the amount of money you make is a kind of a, 
kind of a score. It indicates the level you're at. If you, if you are not capable of earning a lot of money or earning some money in the beginning, perhaps you're not good enough. Perhaps your skills are not yet good enough. Perhaps what you're doing isn't really appreciated or needed in society. Perhaps you don't know how to market what you do. Perhaps, you know, perhaps something is missing. But uh, when you see that your, your revenues are going up every month, it means that you're doing something right. You've, you've developed yourself to the point where um, you know that you're pretty good at what you do. And after you reach a certain level of financial security, I think that it's really helpful to, to reconsider what you, what you do and um, to ask yourself, what are good goals for the future? Because I think far too many people are uh, way too dogmatic followers of capitalism, of the idea that we just need to earn more and more and more money and that's it. It's like that is all life is about. And if you earn a million dollars a year, it means that you're a way better person than someone who earns $50,000 a year because, you know, look at the difference in, in income. Um, and, you know, that's true to some extent. But I think that imagine how great the world would be if the really capable people, those that run, you know, Apple and Google and corporations or companies that are so successful financially, if they were focused on other things like getting people out of poverty, uh, finding alternative ways to get people protein, um, solving, you know, finding cures for diseases, uh, protecting us from uh, artificial intelligence, getting people off social media and giving them more meaning in life. It would be a such more meaningful and better world, but for some reason, we feel like the only yardstick to measure progress in life is business and money. And this is why I think everybody fights in that. It's like a sport, you know, to prove how, how good you are and how skillful you are and uh, showcase yourself as a person. You need to earn a lot of money, have a lot of followers and just, you know, money and fame. Like these are the only, the only, things, that, the only things that matter. But if you read a bit, if you, you know, become a bit more aware, you can real, you realize that you can use skills that you normally use in business to have a much more positive impact on the people around you and perhaps even on a global scale. Yeah, um, you, you brought up a couple of, as you know, a lot of controversial topics like capitalism and stuff, which I'm not going to comment on um, simply because I'm, I don't know about these things uh, enough so that um, it would even make sense for me to comment. Um, but but I'm sure there will be a lot of people who will drop comments about this in the comment section. <laughs> so um, so does it does it mean that then that kind of Radu the the kind of personal development fanatic um, kind of guy who is creating online empires and is reaching to the top of online business and passive income and all of that uh, that guy is is dead like um, or and you know it doesn't mean that you will be like a starving artist. However, does this mean that if you were to become like someone who creates a lot of good in the world but doesn't make a lot of money, that you would still be satisfied? Yes. Basically, I'm I'm not against earning a lot of money. I'm against earning a lot of money for the sake of keeping score and for the sake of consumerism, of continuously 
growing your lifestyle. I'm against that. But I see absolutely no reason why, you know, I shouldn't earn, you know, a million dollars a year and invest that into uh, projects like this, where perhaps, you know, I could work with a team or something and just be almost a certain of, a certain of non-profit organization in a way that I use the profits not to create more and more money just for the sake of earning more and more money, but actually using that for something meaningful. Personally, after I, I've read this, after, I, after studying this subject of uh, sustainable energy, I never want to have a standard of living higher than I have right now. This is it. I will never buy fast cars and expensive suits and stupid expensive watches and uh, fly to vacation in Fiji just to spend some time on the beach and show how cool I am. Because that's, actually, that's actually what is a big part of the problem. And with, with this mentality shift, when you realize that, whoa, I actually don't need more money than I have right now because I already have as much of a comfortable life as I will ever need. And if we want to have a sort of global equity where, you know, uh, instead of me enjoying life while other people barely have energy to heat their homes or, you know, take a hot shower, it's much better to, to be modest in energy consumption. And this shift suddenly makes you realize that why, why the hell would I try to grow my business more and more and earn more and more money if I willingly never want to increase my standard of living? If there is absolutely nothing that I want to buy, the expensive that I can't, that I can't afford right now. And you realize that, you know, it, it kind of takes the, kind of takes the, uh, the motivation out of it, at least on a personal level. However, on a organizational level, I can see how earning more money can, can help you do better things. So I, I wouldn't say that, I would say that Radu that, uh, encourages people to follow the classic definition of success is dead. Yes. I, I, I will no longer promote, you know, vacations and cars and, uh, you know, apartments and all that stupid stuff. But rather, I still think that we should, I, I, I'm into, I'm as much into personal development as I ever was, maybe even more. And I still want people, want people to develop them, themselves, but I want people to develop themselves for the right reasons. And for me, money and the classic definition of success no longer cuts it. I think that is part of, it's part of the problem right now instead of something that we should um, encourage people to do. Right. Um, out of curiosity, do you still have a goal card? Yes, but I've failed. <laughs> I, it, it was, it's related to these projects I'm working on, but um, I've missed the, the deadline twice. Because, so I, 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 I stopped updating it because I really have no idea how long this is going to take. And if I, you know, I, I put a date on, it was September 2018. So, you know, I, it, it, it wasn't nearly enough. And um, right now I, I only have, I have a goal card that is, doesn't really have a goal on it, but it's um, mostly an, an affirmation. It's, uh, it's basically some, some principles that I want to live by, that I, wanna, I, I want to, to remember. Okay, so uh, the reason why I was asking that is um, I'm, I'm curious, like where do you 
where do you want to be in, I don't know, five years? Like, um, what would be your ideal future? Like, I'm sure if you get this project done, I mean, or not if, when you get this whole video and, and or movie done, um, that will be something that will look awesome on your resume. Like, maybe people from the environmental sector will reach out to you. Maybe uh, people from video production companies or whatever will reach out to you. Like, you will have a lot of opportunities that will open up because of this. Uh, you will get a lot of props from a lot of influential people, I'm sure. Uh, so, like, where do you imagine yourself being in, like, let's say, five years? That's really hard for me to answer right now because I haven't yet clarified a life philosophy. It was really easy, you know, three years ago, life was so straightforward for me. You just, in life, you earn, you you go after money because money is a very clear indication of how you're doing. If you're earning more money, it means you're fine. You know, you're growing. If you're not, then something is wrong. And you just focus on always uh, growing your business or growing your earnings because that's an indication of how you're doing. And that, that was a really simple life philosophy for me. And I really loved it, honestly, because it gave me such clarity in life. But right now, I've... I've read and I started studying so many different things and I realized that are, there are so many dysfunctional things happening in the world right now and we are so ignorant of the consequences of our own behavior, both on the environment, on people from other countries, in even our, our um, effect on the people around us or our own city, that uh, I don't even know what is a good thing to to pursue anymore and I'm not this isn't like this is how it's always gonna be it's just I need more time and I need uh, more thinking time to to make sense of all of this because um, in my mind right now there are so many contradicting values you know I still I still want I still like the idea of you know having a business but I also like the idea of contributing to other people and maybe even doing something you know to volunteer for environmental restoration somewhere or um, other values like i want to see the world i want to travel but at the same time i want to use as less energy as i can at least until we we stop emitting so much carbon dioxide and so in my mind it's a it's a it's a it's a contradiction of values right now and I, I have no idea where I'm going to be in five years but what, what I use as a, as a sort of guideline is uh, I'm trying to be, to be moral. I want to minimize the amount of, of suffering I, I, I create and maximize the, uh, the education and awareness of the people around me because I believe that if people would be more responsible and more educated and more aware we would be able to tackle um, the the challenges that we're faced with at the moment with much better ease. So maybe maybe in five years, I want to say I, I I still see myself making videos. Perhaps the type of videos that people wait for, like they wait for uh, you know a movie that they like, that uh, videos that are that change your, your perspective. When you watch them, you know, you, you see that I, I posted a video and you're like, oh, whoa, oh my God, I'm so excited, I want to watch this. Even though you know that at the end of it, 
you may not view life the same way. And uh, if I can have just a just a bit of a um, just just a small impact on the on the perspective of some people, and they just send me a message saying, "Hey, I saw your content, and now my views on this subject totally changed, or I gave up that bad habit, or I stopped doing that, which uh, I realized that was wrong." Then I'd be really happy. Right. Um, so, uh, by the way, Radu, um, do you have a hard stop like uh, now, pretty much, or can we go a little like we can start slowly wrapping up? Just have a few interesting questions to you, but I want to be re- respectful of your time. No, it's fine. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, you mentioned to me in our email email exchange that you became uh, vegan. Right. So um, is uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's because of environmental reasons. Um, is it um, so? So let's let's put a f- not not a final point on it, but like you've done a lot of research, and there is. Like from an environmental perspective, it's pretty one-sided what I read about this on the internet and uh, what I learned about this. I actually have a bachelor's in environmental science, so in theory, I should be Sweet. the one who, <laughs> in theory, I should be the one who knows a lot about this. But, um, but there are some um, contrarian uh, takes on this that, for example, cattle and um, livestock is very very important for for the environment because they help cultivating the soil. So if we reduce our meat consumption, it actually won't be good for the environment on the whole. Like, is it a non-controversial subject uh, from where you stand? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. And this idea that cattle are good for the environment because uh, they keep vegetation in check or they help the the microbes in the ground through their feces and uh, they prevent the desertification. Yes, I, I think there's there's merit to that. It's just that the the prob the the, w- the problem is not the fact that we eat grass fed beef. You know, some cows that live twenty years in some Siberian uh, or you know in in Argentina they uh, on the mountain slopes they eat some grass and we kill a cow once in a while and we eat it. That's that's fine. The problem is that in order to create meat, we actually grow out of corn and soy and other o- other cereals. And it's ridiculous because we already grow far more feed, animal feed. We, we, we grow far more plants, cereals, to feed animals than we do to, to feed humans. And uh, just to put it into perspective, do you know how much land from this earth we use to grow animals? It's 30% of the ice-free surface of the earth. That is North America and South America combined. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, if you go on Google Maps or Google Earth after this call, look into your, you know, be zoomed out on the, uh, from space, right? Where you see the, the Earth as a, as a small ball. And zoom in on your country somewhere where you see green. And you will, if, if you don't zoom in on a forest, you will zoom in on an agricultural field. Right now we have almost zero, you know, uh, wild grassland left. You know, why, uh, arable land that is not cultivated because we grow so much, so much uh, cereals, and we don't do that because we need to feed humans. We do that because we need to feed animals, and it's a, it's a stupid exercise because, as you know, it takes way more food, to, it it, it takes 
in order for you to gain a pound of muscle, for example, you have to eat way more calories and protein than there are in that pound of muscle. And uh, it's the same with, with animals. If you want to create a kilogram of beef, you have to feed that cow maybe 20, 25 units of feed. And the amount of calories and protein in that feed is way bigger than you get from that pound, from that unit of, of meat. And it's the same with, uh, with chicken and with pork, although the, the ratio is better. For, for chickens, it's somewhere around, around five. So basically, uh, three, three, three to five, I think. Yeah. Uh, three, three to five units of feed are needed to create one unit of, uh, of chicken, basically, and uh, with pork is better. Uh, it's it's better than than cows around seven. But still, we waste so much um, plants to feed animals that plants that we could use if we were an ethical society to get people out of you know uh, poverty and to feed people. There, there are hundreds of millions of people who are starving, and we feed the animals we eat better than we feed those people. That's not right from a moral perspective. It's not right from a moral perspective that we keep animals in the first place, especially in those conditions. But from an, envi from an environmental point of view, there's absolutely no question about the fact that uh, it's hurtful for, for the environment. Because if we stopped using meat, we could return an area the size of Russia back to nature, basically to wildlife. Do you imagine what, what would that do for, for the planet? You know, Russia is the biggest country in the world. We, we could see so much wildlife coming back. You know, we could see maybe wild cattle. We could see wild uh, wolves again, you know, some bears and stuff like that. And if you if you check the the statistics, almost all major mammals are on the verge of extinction, mainly because uh, of agriculture. We literally do not leave space for them in the developed world. In if you know, look at France. If you France or Germany or the, the UK. People use so much land that there's literally no land left for wildlife. So if we stopped eating so much meat, we could reduce the amount of agricultural land we use and uh, return a lot of it to, to nature, maybe plant some more forests and uh, just, you know, let nature run its course. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the other arguments like... Um, even if you just grow plants, even that kills a lot of animals because there was some, you know, life hab or habitat in the place of that that cropland. I think that's a pretty mute argument because, I mean, yeah, it's true that it has to be erased and animals will be perhaps killed in that process, but it only happens once and then plants can be grown there indefinitely, basically. So. Yeah, exactly. And of of course, if you reduce your uh, meat, if we reduce our meat consumption and we only eat plants. We don't actually need to expand our uh, agricultural fields. We need to contract them. We no longer need. We would no longer need as much. So this argument that uh, eating plants kills wildlife is true. But in this case, if we stopped eating meat uh, or reduced our meat intake, we could uh, cut back a lot on the uh, amount of land we use for agriculture. Yeah. Um I found it very interesting when I watched your documentary about meat consumption, how you were talking about the fact that the end solution to actually get people to eat less meat is not by kind of beating them over the head about how bad meat consumption is, but to actually create a convenience for people uh, so that they can actually 
change their lifestyle without having to think about it or to become, be, you know, completely change their mindset and to be hyper-conscious because, yeah, that will work with some people, but on a large scale, um, people just have too much shit in their life to th- think about stuff like that. And yeah. uh, perhaps things like synthetic meat and stuff like that will be will be kind of the, the future. And, um, like, I guess my question to you is, like, what... I've long been, because, you know, like, I've been brought up in the environmental field. Um, so I, my opinion has long been that relying on people's goodwill is just kind of a, a non-sustainable way, no pun intended, to go about this. And basically, te- technological advancement is what's going to solve most of these issues. Like, what do you think about that? I, I disagree. I think uh, technology uh, cannot save us this time. Uh, at least it doesn't seem likely right now. And... Uh, this is one of the, uh, this is basically the conclusion that I was building up to at the end of the video. And it's so hard to swallow that I actually need to go to four to five hours of video in order to show why it's probably not the solution we need right now. You know, perhaps there can be a miracle in uh, some new technology that solves all the problem. And I hope, I hope it's going to be the case, but it doesn't look very likely right now. And actually, I think that what we need, we need education to the point where people start thinking more about the community than uh, thinking about their own interests. And we need education so people are okay with regulation that actually hurts their lifestyle or impose limit on what they are able to do even if they have the money i think this is personally i think that the only thing that can uh solve climate change you know in the next few decades when we need to do that is regulation uh particularly vastly increasing prices on energy increase the price so much so that you discourage consumption and uh, this is probably not going to happen because we live in democracies and people would rather vote for a government that promises them vacations to Fiji and drive, being able to drive SUVs all day and eat burgers than uh, a government that says, hey, we're going to impose some limits on consumption and you will have to reduce your lifestyle by 40% in the next you know, two decades. And people would throw rotten tomatoes at that guy and uh, you know, follow them like fanatics for uh, the, you know, the, the other politicians that promise them uh, the good life as we define it in the world right now. And uh, yeah, I think this is why I believe that education is so important right now. We need to be able to get people to uh, get people aware enough that when you need their cooperation for a big project that involves all of us, they are willing to make personal sacrifices in the short term for the greater good. Right. Um, by the way, I should just tell you because probably someone will let you know anyway when this interview comes out. And I'm really ashamed to admit it uh, in at this point of the conversation. But just uh, not long ago, I did a few months of carnivore dieting when basically I ate <laughs> nothing else but meat. Um, but yeah, so please, please, please don't hate me. Um, I did it because I had some severe digestive issues at the time. But um, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm very much with you on the fact that like... That is, and, and I'm sure, actually, I've always said this. Um, you can ask my friends if anybody doesn't believe me. I always said that one day I will become a vegan. 
because that's <laughs> that that's the most ethical thing to do in my opinion and probably I will become a vegetarian before that um, it will be a gradual uh, pro- process and I will ask you about like what you eat on a vegan diet to keep your gains just in a second um, do you think that factory farming which is I, I think honestly at this point it's one of the biggest crimes of human humanity ever committed like this is just an animal holocaust honestly Um, do you think it will stop uh, anytime soon? I don't know. I, there's, there's no, uh, from the authors that I read, uh, one thing is, is certain. They always, they always say that making predictions about the future uh, is pretty useless because you have no way to predict how humanity is going to, to evolve. I think that it's a, I think that it's likely that uh, it will stop because there's a, there's a growing body of, of evidence that shows that uh, animals are way more conscious than we previously thought and more intelligent. And perhaps we will get to the point where uh, we will no longer find it moral to, sub- to, to subject animals to this kind of torture, uh, just like it, it became immoral to uh, keep slaves. Because in, in the past, people thought uh, that slaves weren't even human. Some, some, some slave owners really didn't think about them. They, they thought they weren't the same species. And uh, slaves were just expendable, just like we view animals expendable today. But look, uh, a few hundred years have passed and now we, we view that all people are equal and we have human rights and we have all this... Uh, all these, all these global organizations that protect human rights, and it's a great thing. Perhaps something like that could happen to, to uh, animals as well. Maybe we will get a sort of a animal rights document, just like we have, uh, you know, human rights, and it's a doctrine that people uh, really, really respect. And um, or may, and I, I also noticed that a lot of people um, are conscious that they shouldn't eat meat and they feel guilty when they do it and this is a positive sign because it means that deep down they know they shouldn't do that and they do it anyway because of habit and tradition and culture and all that stuff but uh, even the fact that they they get the the thought that it's wrong it's a positive sign in in my opinion so yeah i'm actually pretty pretty hopeful uh about that Perfect. Uh, so, out of curiosity—well, not just out of curiosity—like I really need to know this. Like, uh, how does keeping the gains on a vegan diet uh, going? Like, what's the what's the trick there? There is only only one thing that uh, you really need to know is vegan protein shakes. That's it. I couldn't possibly. I, I can't see how one could possibly get enough protein uh, from a vegan diet in an enjoyable way without drinking uh, vegan protein shakes. You know, uh, I, I use a, a blend of rice and pea protein and hemp. And uh, this is basically the key. In the morning, I, um, I, I make a very large shake, uh, about 70 grams of uh, protein powder. That's about, I don't know, 50 grams of protein, something like that. And I, I, I drink that half before, before working out and half after I, I come back because it's <laughs> way too large. Uh, to, to drink in a, in one go and uh, if if you get 50 to 70 grams of protein from uh, from protein shakes then it's fairly easy to get the rest uh, of your protein needs from food like beans like veggie burgers like tofu uh, you know perhaps some mushrooms um, uh, lentils 
chickpeas, hummus, stuff like that, even bread. You know, if you drink, if, if you eat uh, 100 grams of, of bread, uh, the gluten in it, you know, some people are going to be afraid of gluten, but, uh, you know, even bread has about 10 grams of protein. So if you eat 150 grams of bread in a day or pasta, you automatically get some 15 grams of protein there. Of course, the digestibility ratio isn't as good as for animal products, but at the end of the day, when you draw the line, you see that it's not difficult at all to get about 130 grams of protein per day if you drink a large protein shake in that day. Uh, Omega-3s, uh, are you concerned about that? Yeah, I, I take uh, uh, Omega-3s from uh, algae oil. You can actually find vegan uh, Omega-3 that you can buy. And I also take um, creatine right now because uh, vegan and uh, vegetarian diets um, are lack uh, all diets are lacking in creatine, but uh, vegetarians and vegans have additional benefits. Apparently, they also help uh, creatine may also help with uh, cognition, which is pretty great. And um, I also take a, a good multivitamin, and uh, that has a lot of vitamin B B12 because you need to pay attention to that. And uh, I also take vitamin D. So with uh, with these you pretty much have your bases covered. And I also eat uh, uh, foods that are reinforced with uh, all sorts of nutrients. For example, if you buy products made for vegans like soy milk or rice milk or uh, other other products, uh, they are reinforced with, uh, with calcium, with vitamin B12, vitamin D sometimes. So uh, uh, it's not really that hard to make sure that you have uh, a nutrition that isn't lacking in some things. That, yeah. Cool. Uh, how is training going for you? Um, are you still following the Greek Greek God program, <laughs> or what, what? What are you doing these days in the gym? No, I, I since uh, 2016 I've been following my own program, ShredSmart, and uh, that's what I, that, that, that's what I'm doing. It's slightly different. Uh, I still keep a lot of the uh, basic philosophy of Greg from from Kinobody, and I think the most important thing uh, that people miss, and I. I got from following the Kinobody programs is that you need to make strength gains on a few key exercises. If people, if if everybody follows just this one simple rule that you have some indicator exercises that show you how you're doing and you need to gain strength on, in those, I think people would make much better progress. So I, I still focus on on a few key, on, on a few on a few key exercises and I try to make progress in in them as uh, as well as I can. Uh, but um, I do a a four a four-day split, so I train four four days a week, and um, I no longer do reverse triangle training. I do straight sets that are that is and also linear periodization. So every fourth week is a deload, and every week I increase the the weight on the bar by uh, 2.5 by uh, one point by two by, by two point five kilograms or five pounds, and I decrease a rep. So maybe week week one is six reps, sets of six, week two, sets, sets of uh, five with five pounds more or 2.5 kilograms more. Week three, sets of four, again, with higher weight, deload. And then when you restart when you restart the cycle, you do six reps, but with five pounds or 2.5 kilograms more than the the previous month. And it's growing, it's, it's going very well. If you're consistent with it and you don't skip workouts, so you don't mess up the periodization model, you gain strength like nothing else. So uh, what are your personal best lifts at the moment and uh, how much do you weigh? What body fat percentage roughly? Right. I, uh, I'm, I'm 77 kilograms, almost 78 kilograms right now. Probably maybe 13% body fat. 
I guess. And uh, my personal best right now are, last time I did flat bench press, I did sets of four with 97.5 kilograms. I did uh, weighted chin-ups, sets of four with 25 at attached to the belt. Uh, shoulder press sets of four with 62 kilograms, 62.5. And the uh, incline bench sets of four with uh, 87. Nice, nice. Okay, so the gains didn't fall off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Okay, so... Um... Yeah, uh, j just just one last question, and then um, then we are going to get into where people can find you. And um, what is your like one thing that became clear from your work to me is that you are a master of time management, at least more so than most people, because otherwise there is no way that you could have gotten as much done as you did uh, recent in your recent years. So, like, what is your favorite um, like scheduling method, or just um, do you have a to do list, or like what what did you find? What system works best for you personally? Actually, I will. I'm a really bad uh, manager of of time. I think this is this has been a major insight for me. I realized, you know, in 2016, I realized that uh, I was I'm, I'm in no position to ever want to be manager or CEO of a company because. I really don't like making schedules or keeping track of what other people do. And for me, I actually have a pretty chaotic way of working that only has one rule. You basically work on something until you get it done. And that's that's the, the only thing I do. I, I do have a, a to-do list, but all I do is, for example, my to-do list is in front of me right now. I have number one gym, which is crossed off because I went in the morning. And then I have Finnish hydrogen. I'm currently working on the hydrogen economy and Finnish hydrogen has been on on the list for five days now because I I, <clears throat> I couldn't I couldn't uh, anticipate how long it was going to take so I just I put it down until until it's finished and uh, after I after I finish that I move on to, to the next to the next task and I I don't do something else until uh, that one thing is finished and it's it's a pretty it's a simple system that works well if you work alone, um, but it's not ideal. I, I, I know that I'm, I'm, I shouldn't work on this by myself. It's way slower. It's way, um, it's, it, it, this is not the way big projects should be done, but I'm not yet skilled enough or I, I haven't yet made the leap when I work with a team because I know that I'm so bad at uh, managing people, at being able to distribute the amount of work and this is actually something that I I need to, to to develop in myself and that I need to work on in the next few years so I'm by no means a master of time management I'm just persistent I guess awesome cool um well Radu um I loved this uh, conversation uh, this was really interesting and um yeah i got answers to a lot of questions which i often wondered when your uh youtube profile appeared on the left side of my my youtube when i open it <laughs> so um yeah it's it's really interesting and i'm really looking forward to see where things are unfolding so um yeah like um i guess uh usually i ask like where can people find you um yeah like what what would you like people to do after this interview if you want to ask them a couple of things one can be to check out your stuff um what messages would you like to leave people with after this um well first of all thanks for listening until the end but i wouldn't actually 
there's no way to find me at the moment because I'm, I'm not posting regularly anywhere. But if there's just one thing I would tell them is that I would encourage people to stop this model where we get our information or content because we follow someone on social media and we expect uh, to see when they post something and so so we just happen to we we automatically go on instagram on youtube and we just hope that their content appears in our feed and this is how we stay up to date with people i would say that uh, remember a few people that you want to learn from remember a few people that you view as mentors or people that guide you in life and actively search for them on the social media networks or on youtube or on, on their website but don't mindlessly go on a uh, on an app with the hope of seeing something interesting. I think that's a recipe for ruining your your capacity to concentrate, of getting caught on irrelevant stuff on social media, and maybe even getting addicted to Instagram and all all these things. So you know, if what I found interesting, if if what I said you you found that interesting, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel uh on, on youtube but um i don't expect you to uh always you know check out my my stuff and i i wouldn't even want you to just you know if what i say if you find it interesting remember once in a while to to check my profile and see if i posted something just like you would with your favorite author or you know your favorite actor or singer or something like that awesome uh, Radu, thank you so much. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Abel, for having me. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and liked what you heard. And if you did, then I think you definitely love our SSD training and nutritional course that we recently put out with Burge Fuggerly. This program not only contains a 12-week phasic training program that you can use to time efficiently and safely build the best body you can, but also gives you four plus hours of video lectures about managing your nutrition and lifestyle to not only look good, but feel and perform optimally. And besides this, you will also be getting some really awesome bonuses like Burge Fuggerly's Myo Reps and Zero Carb ebook. So if this sounds interesting to you, then go ahead and check out sustainableselfdevelopment.com. And of course, to not miss out on future episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast and you'll be up to date on everything we'll be putting out. So thank you for hanging around up until now and see you next time.